Hey, this is Mitch Rose. I'm the lead pastor of City Hills Church, and this is our podcast. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope this message encourages you, it inspires you, it challenges you to live your best life. Take a listen. Here's this week's message. All right, let's look at the Bible together. Thanks for letting us be here today. I appreciate it so much. Uh, If you have a device or your Bible perhaps with you, I think it's going to be on the screen. Acts chapter 1, and we'll read a few verses there. I think it'll be uh, available for you to look at, Acts chapter 1. But before we get to those verses, you don't have to turn to this. You don't have to put it on the screen. But let me read from Luke chapter 6. And I want you to interact just a bit with this scripture by every time you hear a name other than Jesus, Jesus doesn't count, but any other name other than Jesus, I want you to say in sequential order numbers, starting with one, the second name, two, you understand, okay? Luke chapter 6, verse 12, one day soon afterward, Jesus went up on a mountain to pray, and he prayed to God all night. At daybreak, he called together all of his disciples and chose 12 of them Uh, to be apostles. Here are their names. Ready, City Hills? Simon, Andrew, James, John, y'all are doing good, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, Simon, Judas the son of James, Judas Iscariot, 12. Everybody say 12. All right, now we go to Acts chapter 1. You ready? Acts chapter 1. It'll be on the screen as well. This is what the Bible says that the apostles were saying to one another in Acts chapter 1 as they gathered together in Jerusalem. This is what the, right, this is what the uh, apostles said. So, one of the men who have accompanied us during all of the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, Beginning from the baptism of John until the day when he was taken up from us, one of these men must become with us a witness to his resurrection. And they put forward two, Joseph called Barsabbas, who was also called Justice, and Matthias. And they prayed and said, Lord, you know one of these two you've chosen to take the place in this ministry and apostleship from which Judas turned aside to go to his own place. And they cast lots for them. And the lot fell on Matthias, and he was numbered with the 11 apostles. I want to speak for just a moment this morning with you about being ready for what's coming. Being ready for what's coming. Let's pray one more time. Father, thank you so much for the opportunity to look at the Bible together. We uh, are so grateful to get to start the year doing that again And looking forward to what's coming, Lord. We don't say that with a a casual attitude. We really mean that. We're looking forward to what's coming. You have good things in the future for us, and we're grateful for that. Lord, help us as we look at the Bible today and as we talk about your word to us. Let it be more than just words on a page, more than just words spoken from a guy. But God, speak to our hearts. Drive it down deep into who we are. And we thank you in advance for it in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. 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 There are a few ecosystems in our society that are very unique, unique social ecosystems. And what I mean by that are places that are unique in that things happen there, or in some cases don't happen there, that are unusual, that are different anywhere else. For example, my wife Brenda and I, we experienced this yesterday. We arrived at Baltimore Washington International Airport, and airports are unique social ecosystems. 
Uh, for example, you can see things in airports that you can't see anywhere else. Things existing together in airports that don't exist together anywhere else. For example, it is entirely socially appropriate and understandable if you cry in public in an airport. You ever think about that? If you walked into, do you call it Heb or H-E-B? I'm not from here. What is it? H-E-B. If you walk into Heb and you see someone just weeping in the produce aisle, that's unusual. But if you walk into San Antonio Airport and they're weeping, you think, oh, it's normal. Same place, an airport, if you see someone running, completely socially acceptable. Same place. There's a lot of places like that, or a few at least. We got on to another place right after the airport, and that's an airplane. An airplane is a very unique social ecosystem. Where else can you sit that close to people for four hours? And you pay for the privilege of doing that. It's an amazing thing. I was reminded of another, yet another amazing social ecosystem. You perhaps have them here in Texas. We certainly do in Maryland. And in Maryland, it's called the Department of Motor Vehicles. Now, everything is efficient and on time in Texas, but in Maryland, sometimes not especially at the Department of Motor Vehicles. I had to go there recently for uh, an issue with the car and getting licensing and all this stuff, and I waited in there, and can I just tell you, of all the things that happened that year, that was probably near the bottom. Because you have to just be ready. If you're like anything like it is in Maryland, you pull one of those triangular tabs off the thing, and you see the number. It, mine was D24. And you look up at the electronic board and it says D-73. And you think, my goodness, I'm going to be here all day. And so you wait. And then I kept looking at it as if the number was going to change that I had in my hand. And waiting for that. And you had to be ready, unlike almost anywhere else. When we look at the Bible in Acts chapter 1, we're, we're looking at something that is foundational to where I think we are ourselves today. A foundation is so important. God begins to do something in the New Testament, and we read about it in Acts chapter 1. God looks at them and begins to work in their lives. Now, let me just hit the pause button long enough before we dive into the scripture for a moment. That God looks at things and God does things differently than we do, doesn't he? The way we think we have it figured out, God oftentimes does things entirely different. In fact, I am of the firm belief that God often uses obscure, unlikely people to accomplish his plan. I'd love for you to look to the left or the right of you and look in the face of that obscure, unlikely person. They're exactly the people that God wants to use for his plan. God does things differently than we typically do. The premise of this message, if you were to summarize it in one statement, it would be this, that God does stuff that's big using people who aren't. I believe that. I believe that as a pastor. I believe that as a Christian, that God does big stuff, but he uses people who aren't necessarily Big. One of the primary characteristics of people that God uses and that are ready, just like you're waiting for your turn, is the characteristic that they are available. Available. 
Look at Luke chapter 6 again. You have it perhaps, uh, you can look at it at your device or just listen. One day, the scripture says, this is the early part of Jesus' ministry. He went up to a mountain to pray. He prayed all night. After that, he came back at daybreak. He called together all of his disciples, and from them, he pulls out a smaller group that he refers to as apostles. And then we read all the names, all 12 of them that you all uh, numbered with me. Now, fast forward from that Luke chapter 6 naming of the apostles. Fast forward three years. At the end or near the end of that three-year period of those apostles following Jesus, along with other peripheral people, the scripture tells us that Judas, that last name that we read, number 12, Judas decides to betray Jesus Christ. And perhaps if you're familiar with the Bible, you perhaps know the story of Judas approaching the authorities, making an agreement with them, and receiving in, in preparation for the betrayal 30 pieces of silver. He agrees to show the authorities where Jesus is, and from there a series of domino events leads to the death of Jesus Christ, thanks to the betrayal of number 12. Judas then came face to face with what he had done. And in Matthew chapter 27, the scripture tells us Judas, who had betrayed Christ, realized that Jesus had been condemned to die. He was filled with remorse. He said, I've sinned. I've betrayed an innocent man. Then Judas threw the coins down in the temple, and he went out and hanged himself. Twelve, now is eleven, and a spot has to be filled. The scripture tells us that the apostles then went about after the resurrection of Jesus Christ, after the ascension of Jesus Christ, they made their way to Jerusalem into an upper room because Jesus told them to go there and they made their way there in the upper room and while they were there, the scripture tells us that they called together the group of people following Jesus and they decided to do something about the twelve because they only had eleven. They came together, and they began to uh, come, uh, talk to each other. They said, here's some stipulations. We need to replace Judas, but we need to make sure that this person is the right person. There's something vitally important about being ready for when that moment comes. And they understood this. They began to give some qualifications. Now, before we look at every one of those quickly, let me just give you a little mini sermon. The will of God is not a mysterious thing. Oh, I want to say it again, not for you to jump up and down, but I want you just to grab it with your heart on this first Sunday of the year. The will of God is not mysterious. What God wants to do in 2022 is not some mystery. He's simply looking for women and men like we are who are ready for what's coming up. The point of change is occurring and we want to be ready for when that change happens. God makes his will known a number of ways. A great theologian said he makes it known through his word. If you want to know what God's will is, read the Bible. This is God's word to us. God's word tells us what his will is. God's will is oftentimes revealed to us through his word, but then also through circumstances of our life. Things happen, and it's God, because he's gracious, pointing us in the direction of his will, and often through the counsel of other people. We talk to seasoned Christians, people who know Jesus, 
and we find counsel that helps us decipher what the will of God is. If you want your mind to be blown, look at what they did in Acts chapter 1. The Bible says they were ready to replace the apostle who had betrayed with another one. And they got together and they said, these are some things that need to happen. God, you know who this person is. Would you show us? And then they did something that seems to offend the Western mindset of Christians. They cast lots. I know, have you, have you cast lots lately? Of course you haven't. You know what casting lots was? Some people suggest it either was votes on perhaps a little slip of paper or some kind of writing way that the apostles could vote on who the man was. Other people said they, they took two objects and they placed them in a container, one that had the word apostle on it and one that didn't. And they called the two guys over and said, hey, choose a stone. <laughs> Aha, apostle, that's casting lots. They were choosing who God had for them. Listen, the most important thing about God's will is God. He knows where we're going to go. He knows how to take us there. When the change is coming, he just wants us to be ready. So they began to cast lots, and a person's number was called. Verse 26 of Acts chapter 1. And Matthias was selected to become an apostle with the other 11. Qualities of a person who are ready for what's coming up begin with the concept that they are called to be faithful. Faithful. If you read Acts chapter 1, you read about 11 folks who met up in an upper room, but then you also read about other people who are there with them, almost 120 of them. And from that group of 120 was a man named Matthias. Why was he there? Because he loved Jesus Christ. He had no idea probably that he was going to be number 12, but he was faithful to what was going on. He was in the number when the number needed to be called. And they said, God, show us the way. We are called to be faithful. The qualities of people who are ready for what's coming up begins with a call to be faithful. I read of a, a man named Tom. His school career lasted a whole three months. He was not that great of a student. The teacher believed he was incapable of learning anything, and he sent him home. My apologies to anyone here named Tom. Tom's mother ended up teaching him he was on his way to a lifetime of overcoming what seemed to be insurmountable obstacles. You know who he is. You just don't know him by the name Tom. You probably know him, know him as Thomas, but not just Thomas, Thomas Edison. Among the things he invented was the commercial incandescent light bulb. And when they asked him about his inventions, most of his inventions, it said, required months, if not years, dedicated to overcoming obstacles before seeing any results. He said, after we had conducted thousands of experiments on a certain project without solving the problems, one of my associates, after we had conducted the crowning experiment and it had proved a failure, expressed discouragement and disgust over our failure to find out anything. He said, I assured him that we had learned something we had learned for a certainty that the things that couldn't be done that way wouldn't be done that way and that we would have to try some other way. There's something about simply being faithful to what you're called to do. Very few things 
of lasting significance and value are achieved without overcoming serious obstacles. The story of almost every overnight success is actually the story of people just like you and me who are faithful and who stay with it. Paul says in 2 Timothy chapter 2 to a younger man, Timothy, he says, My son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful or reliable men who will be able to teach others also. How do you build City Hills Church? You build City Hills Church by aligning yourself with faithful, reliable people. Do you know why it's important to come to church on Sunday? Not so we can check a box and say, I went to church. That's good. If that's the only reason you're coming, keep coming. But do you know why it's important to come to church? Because City Hills needs you. Faithful, reliable people. Consistent people. There's a beauty in looking out at a congregation. I know very few of you, some few of you, but not many. There's a beautiful a beauty of looking out at people in a congregation. Those of you who know most everyone here, and you know, oh, that's that person's section. <laughs> Have you ever been somewhere and someone sat where you normally sit? And you think, au contraire, mon frere. You almost violated a little bit. That's a beautiful thing to look out and to see people who they're just faithful and consistent. You know, one of the greatest testimonies we can have as Christians in 2022 is that at this time next year, we're right where we are right now. Praise God. Faithful people. People that are in the upper room when the number needs to be called. Those are the people ready for what's coming. What God is adding to this church it's going to be added and done through faithful people just like us. When that building is open, praise God, I feel the Holy Spirit all in this place right now. When that building is open, when that land, Pastor Pandy, that Mitch and I walked on five years ago when there was no building there, and we prayed over that, not knowing what was going to happen. And lots of water has gone under the bridge since that time. But when five years have passed, and now come Easter or whenever it is, City Hills opens up the doors of Executive Parkway. It's going to be because of faithful people like you and me who are ready for what's coming ahead. I believe that. I believe that. When God is adding to the church, he does so through faithful, consistent, reliable people. But not only that, people who are ready for what's coming also are called not just to be faithful, but to be courageous. Matthias had to be courageous. Pastor Todd, what do you mean by that? Matthias is joining the select group of 12 people in the midst of a moment when people were afraid because Jesus had ascended. And they're wondering, how in the world are people going to respond to this? But one of the qualifications of that 12th person was someone who was there and witnessed the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That person had to have the guts to say, yes, it is true. He did resurrect from the dead. When the naysayers came and said, y'all are crazy. 
Y'all are falling off your rocker. Matthias had to be willing in a faithful position to also say, oh no, he really did. I witnessed that resurrection. It was required of people who were ready for what's coming. The relationship with Jesus is key. And courage and confidence to testify of Jesus' resurrection, regardless of what was happening in the, in the moment. That was required, necessary, to be ready for what's coming. More and more today, it's true, isn't it? That, that timidity is the rule and not the exception. It's easy. I've been there. Is there any other? Don't, don't say it out loud or to raise your hand or point to anybody. Is there anybody here who is a recovering people pleaser? You want desperately? I'm raising my hand, by the way. You want desperately for people to like you? And there's nothing inherently wrong. We all want people to like us. But we also understand, don't we, that that can be taken to an extreme when the rubber really meets the road. We have to still be willing to say, yet I follow Jesus. The concepts, perhaps, of the day, I follow Jesus. The scriptural principles that I have given in my heart and life and believe in the scriptures, I follow them. The courage to be ready. The courage to say yes. Now We do that in a, in a passionate, convinced, winsome way. There's a difference between convinced and crazy. There's a difference. But the people among us in church are people who are convinced and passionate. Not, not off the deep end, but, but in, in love with Jesus so much that they're willing to testify, yes, this is what he means to me. Faithful people. Courageous people. But then perhaps Acts chapter 1 finalizes that qualification list by reminding us that amidst the faithfulness and amidst the courage... It also requires people who are active. Active. Acts chapter 1 ends with the selection of Matthias. He's chosen. All those 11 names now at the end has Matthias. Notice the first verse of chapter 2. If you have a Bible or you know it perhaps or haven't ever read it, listen carefully. Together, they're still in the upper room believing for the promise Jesus said was coming. The 11, now and Matthias, the 12, and the others, still in the upper room, faithful, courageous people, ready for what's coming, and in the midst of that, actively pursuing God's promise. Pentecost was on the way. God won't do the moving for us. We have to be active. He's called us to be faithful. We want to be faithful. He's called us to be courageous. We want to be courageous. But faith includes action. Action demonstrates faith. <laughs> I'm always reminded of this when I think of an occurrence years ago. My wife and I were... In a, in a church service, we weren't pastoring at this point, but we were sitting about three quarters of the way back in this section here. And the service was going on. It, it was time of announcements, as I recall. 
And mind you, I, my wife and I have been married 26 years. She's, she's the most patient woman in all of history. And I have told her, she'll tell you this, I have told her I love you many, many times. Many times. But that particular night as we sat there in church, I was on her right as you're looking at us. In the midst of the, of the, the announcements, I took my right arm. She's here. And I just went, and she did the universal female response. <laughs> you know why? Because my action was verifying what I had told her. There's something about action. It's one thing to say something. It's an entirely different thing to activate what you say. To be a part of doing what God has called us to do. What is, what is water baptism, everybody? Water baptism is faith and action. What is 21 days of prayer, Pastor Aubrey? It is faith and it's action. What is getting up at 6 o'clock to talk to a God you've never seen but you believe he's real? That's faith and action. What is coming to church at City Hills consistently? It's faith and it's action. Pray without stopping, that's faith and action. What is bringing your best to God financially and believing that he's going to meet all of your needs? That's faith and that's action. God picks people for what's coming who are faithful and courageous and active. In the midst of that, ultimately, God desires among all of those attributes for us simply to trust for what's coming. I, I say this not just as an overseer. I'm so grateful for that opportunity. Truly, it's been an honor and is an honor to watch what God does at City Hills. But I say this as someone who just believes it with all my heart, whether I was an overseer or not. The best for this church is right ahead of us. Oh, I believe that. I believe that. That's not just happy talk. I believe by faith that's true. There is going to come a day when we're going to look back as a congregation and we're going to remember. Hey, you remember the is it Van, Rob? Van Rob days? You mean in that, in that gymnasium place? Yeah. You remember that? You remember when we gathered together and it was 10 below zero January 2nd, 2022? You remember those days? Yeah. And it's going to be an entirely different circumstance at that point. God's going to have added to the church, but we're going to still be here faithfully working with God, active for what he's doing, and courageous, talking to God, believing him. But what's going to make that happen is trust, trust, trust that God is knowing all things and working it out for his glory. At the bottom of, the, of 2022, when we get to the end, what will mark our existence as a church and even more so as Christians and as people is going to be a simple trust in God. And sometimes, men and women, that's not going to make a whole lot of sense because things will happen from time to time that, that, that challenge that faithfulness and challenge that courage and challenge that activity. But if we will stay trusting with what God does, he will do things we can't ever imagine happening. Five and a half years ago, 
I had gone through uh, a period of, of health where I, I was I was just very not well. I was sick and lots of symptoms and it was just a rough three or four weeks back in 2016, start of the year, about this time. I went to at least a dozen doctor visits in those first that first month. I remember looking at my calendar and seeing doctor visit, doctor visit, doctor visit, doctor visit. And no one knew what was wrong. After a period of time, things kind of subsided a little bit, and I started to feel a bit stronger. Finally, after getting a little bit better, I, I went to my primary doctor, and he said, listen, I want to order an MRI because we just want to make sure that everything's okay. We want to rule out anything significant, and I don't think there's going to be any issue here, but just, you know, just, just rule out anything more. I said, okay. I had never had an MRI up to that point. But he said, we're going to MRI your brain and your spine. That sounded official. I said, what, does that do? What, what do I do? He said, all you got to do is lay there. Lay where? In a tube with a thing over your face. For how long? He said, well, if we're doing the brain and spine together, it'll be about, oh, I don't know, two hours. I got to lay in a tube for two hours while you take pictures of my brain and spine. Yes. And you don't think there's anything wrong? Yes. Why do I need to do it? Because. Okay. Went to Johns Hopkins there in Baltimore, and I got there early, put on a beautiful blue robe, and they brought me into the tube room. I laid on the tube and put the face mask on, and they wheeled me back or pushed me back. They don't tell you that the ceiling of the tube is like right here. I thought, oh, Lord, you got to help me. Make the time go by fast. And then the test began, and it was loud and buzzing and weird sounds. And I thought, what, what am I doing here? got done they wheeled me out I thought thank goodness that's over went home how'd it go babe good a couple days later a radiologist called she said uh, my name is and she introduced herself she said I'm from Hopkins radiology she said I'd like you to follow up with Dr. Uh, Levy at Hopkins I said why is that She said, we, we found um, on your MRI, we found in your brain and spine both, we found what are called lesions, and they're just white spots, and they're, they're indicative, the size and shape of them, they're indicative of, of something uh, more significant. I said, what? She said, um, I, I don't, I don't want to necessarily be the one to tell you, but I'll just kind of give you the small version, and Dr. Levy can spell it out. She said, it looks like multiple sclerosis. We're not certain, but it looks very much like that. So call Dr. Levy, make an appointment. Okay. And Brenda can tell you. Hung up the phone. Leaned back in the office chair, and I literally said out loud, Okay, God, now what? Sometimes... being ready for what's coming the only thing you have to do it with is a trust that God's good because you can't make sense of all the other I met with Dr. Levy two days later he said yes you have multiple sclerosis I instantly did what everybody does who gets news like that I went to the internet 
multiple sclerosis, submit. I'm trying to think of people I know, celebrities that have MS. I can't think of anybody, but I could find, oh yeah, oh really? Really? Dr. Levy, what do I do to treat this? He said, you need to take some medication. It's called Abagio. How much does that cost? He said, well, insurance hopefully can cover it. How much does it cost, Dr. Levy? It'll be around $8,000 a month. Sometimes when you're prepared for what's coming, all you have is trust. And you have to just trust that God is good. We prayed over and over and over again. God, we believe you can heal any disease. And I still believe that. Here's what I know. Up to this point, God has not answered that request on this side. So this morning I took a Baggio. Next November, having just done one this past November, I'll enter the tube yet again for an annual visit. But this is what I know. The best is yet to come. Because regardless of whether it's now or later, one day, I will be healed. It may not be right here, but it may be when I stand before the one that I have given my life to and I enter into his presence I will see the one that I've prayed to and sang about and testified about and he would say welcome in the best is here you've been faithful you've been courageous you've been active come on into what I have for you and it ends and begins simply with trust I say this and I end completely with this are you willing at the start of 2022 to make that blanket statement. God, I trust you. If I don't know what's going to happen, and believe me, we've gotten a master's degree in unpredictability over the last two years. I don't care what happens, God, good or bad, I'm simply going to be ready with trust for what's coming ahead of me and what's coming ahead for our church. I want you to bow your heads with me, everybody. Come on. I want you to think about where you are in your life. Maybe you're here today and the whole idea of faith in Christ is so new to you, but you feel a, a prompting in your heart. I don't mean anything spooky, but just something, something moving on the inside of you. And you've tried lots of other things, but at the end, you alone know how inadequate that's been. But today, you're willing at the start of a year to say, God, this is going to be a year that's different. You have something for me. I turn from my past. I repent. I change my mind of the way I've gone before, Lord. I'm sorry for that. Forgive me. And God, I want to start new for you. If that's you, say that in some way to God today. Start the year that way. If you're here and you've been around the block with Christ many, many times and months and years and you find yourself at the start of the year saying, God, I'm ready for what you want to do. I want you to voice that in prayer. Let's stand together. Everybody, come on. Everyone in faith, stand with me. 
would you lift up your voice? I'm going to pray out loud into the microphone. Lift up your voice. Say, God, I want to be ready for what's coming. Pray right now with me, everyone at City Hills. Come on, lift up your voice. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus Christ. We lift up our voices and our faith to you, Lord. We don't know what's going to happen in the months ahead, but we know you hold it all. We know, God, that you're able to walk through all of it with us. We know great things are on the horizon, Lord. You're going to do exceeding abundantly above what we can even imagine or ask. You're going to do something in this congregation this year that is going to change the trajectory into a new place, God. We believe that. And so we want to say at the start of this year, we want to be ready, God. We want to be faithful, Lord. Help us this week to do faithful things, to lead us in a way of faithfulness. Help us this week to build up our courage for the witness that we want to give the world, Lord. Help us, Lord, to be active in so many ways, Lord, active, doing the work that faith gives us opportunity to do, Lord. Help us, Lord. Help us to trust you with all of our heart. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. I want you just to put your hands together. Let's believe God's going to do great things. Come on, everybody. Thank you for joining us today. And a special thanks to those of you who give generously to this ministry. You know, it's because of you that we're able not only to bring this message to you, but we're able to offer hope and life to the San Antonio Hill Country and beyond. So if you'd like to give today, you can visit cityhillstx.com right now. And if this message blessed you, why don't you click subscribe or share this message with your friends uh, on your socials. I pray it's a blessing to others in your world. Thanks again for listening today. God bless you.